Talk Show. It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 590. What's happening, guys? What's going on? Welcome back, Marky Jacket. Thank you for having me. I'm not going to be here in my hand. I can't cheer. I can't um, clap. You don't but clap I, much, to be honest. But I'll cheers you, Jacko. Thanks, Here we go. Cheers. Nice. cheers. To, to the soda stream. Cheers, cheers. 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 Yeah. Uh, lovely stomping ground brewing co. Mm. Beer. Um, it's going to my lager. Jacko, are you a uh, big water drinker? Yeah. Oh, at work I am because I've got the routine down. I've got a bottle next to me and I keep filling it. Oh, that's good. On the weekend though, goes out the window. He actually goes against it. He hates it. So on the weekend he hates it. Yeah. Doesn't drink it's it on the weekend. I mean, water is it's such an easy thing to do but so hard. Mm. It needs to be part of a routine, I think. Mm. Otherwise you just forget. Um, and then you take a piss at the end of the day and you're like, fuck, that's yellow. It's like butter. <laughs> yeah. You've never met a guy more descriptive about his lack of hydration yeah, and that's no, Josh yeah, Jansen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, rec- a, I reckon but, the other day uh, I was... It's fucking nuclear fluid. Yeah. I felt like it was the uh, my spinal fluid. <laughs> you know when your back gets really sore? It's it like, just goes all you've limp. Just, yeah. It's oh like my you've God, coffee um, and it's to the point where it's like, the bit that's jelly in between. See what it looks like. Things have just gone dry. See what you're explaining. Uh, epidural. No, so I've had an epidural. Have, have you, you seen yeah, yeah. the liquid? No, I didn't because it's a big fucking needle. And yeah, got so me, you're talking yeah. from experience. I'm talking from watching someone have it. Mm-hmm. The liquid is like the thing you're describing oh. in a bag, and it drips down. Did you not remember? Uh, did Claire have an no, epidural? No, she didn't have one. No, hero. <laughs> <laughs> My wife did so. So it feeds it like in through a drip. I, I thought it was an injection. It's a bag of liquid dropping down and it's got you, – you, you're basically on your tummy or on your side and they've fed this thing into your spine, Spinal into tap. the area. Yeah, My and then guess is it, it drops be, down and pushes the liquid into your wherever. I think it would be different mm. for different – Non-pregnant guy. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that for me I'm not like going through a – Birth, so maybe it's so less. it was just like just straight away they put it in injection. Yeah, where yeah. did you have it? Where or when? No, no. Where did they put it? They put it in my back. Yeah, spine. And so they, I had. It was two specifically discs. wanted to know exact uh, spine. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> five. I don't know <laughs> That's what it uh, sounded like. But no, they um yeah went to a sports doctor. He was sort of saying, oh, I don't think like before I had the MRI, mm. I think he was a little bit skeptical. Yeah. He's like, oh, you should be okay. Just go to um, get this MRI done, blah, blah, blah. This is a guy who was like very laissez-faire about the whole thing. Then I came back and he was like, yeah, that's fucked up. And he's like, the 80% chance you'll need surgery within the next three months. Oh, shit. And so Mm. they gave me the epidural and then I was like, I lost like 15 kilos because I'm like, I'd much prefer before doing any of the surgery, how about I actually just be a healthy weight? Yeah. You were scared. So, so did, when you had the right epidural, did you lose feeling from your legs down or from your- <laughs> nah. Yeah. No. No, it's a fair question. No, but no. no they, so, it's, it's a, obviously just a, a lower dose. Well, it's a it's a cortisone like injection. Different. Cortisol. But it's, an, it's still an, called an epidural. What oh, is really? an epidural, Sebs? I think an epidural is an injection into the spine. I thought epidural was a substance that is nah. like a li- – no, an epidural is a spinal procedure that delivers anesthetic or pain-killing drugs to nerves that convey pain. What were they putting into yeah. Amy's back? And so that's what happened. So it would be a painkiller type of thing. And for, so for me, it's like a um, what happens if you take a Voltaren? What's that? Like anti-inflammatory. A, yeah, it's like an yeah, anti-inflammatory yeah. thing that works over time. Mm-hmm. You can get them for tennis elbows <laughs> is in like not epidural, but get um, mm-hmm. what you're talking about, cortisone, cortisone injections. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to have... Osgood Schlattis as a kid, Michael. Yeah. In the fun medical fact. In the knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how much that, I, that was, it was sort of, def, that's what it was called, but I don't mm-hmm. know how much it was like affecting me. It's a big thing. What does it do? Is it a big thing? It's a big thing. Durham yeah. McInnes from Core Advantage, if you have Osgood Schlattis and you need help, he has an online program. Oh, we right. put it in the link, show, uh, show notes. You can pay for it. It's he's basically helps people get out of it and and start reforming. Yeah. See, I didn't go to that level. I I, I just like it's no, almost Darren like wasn't, didn't have the program online. Yeah, yeah. He's the only yeah, guy in the world help, that knows this. It's almost like a, I just stopped talking about it and it just kind of went away. <laughs> yeah. That is, 
A bit you like JJ's it. hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I've got hemorrhoids. I don't. <laughs> I know. Um, you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's an interesting point. The whole like just forget about it or fix. That's what, how mm. I've treated my ankle because yeah. I rolled my ankle walking down <laughs> the stairs. I mean, it's, the other it's day. a good approach if it wasn't ever that bad and it was healing itself as you go. The problem with Osgood Schlattis is it can be really bad. What does yeah. it? What is Osgood Schlattis? Can it's, you look up? Can you find say. Durham's online but program? How would you describe it? Yeah, like you it. had it or still potentially have it, but you're just ignoring it. No, it was, it was like in the front of your knee. It was just like a. The discomfort and 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 it had a bit of a bulge, like or something like. Oh, that. Yeah. I remember your bulge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> that, you, I touched it. You, yeah. my, I remember my feeling your knees. Oh, it's right. not as bad. I remember it when we were kids. It was like your knees looking funny, bro. My yeah. friend Lachlan had that. Funny looking knees. He had osseous, like like he had. Oh, good slatter. He had the the ball, like a little bone, sort of sticking yeah. out type of thing. Weird, Mr. Sevs. Yeah, yeah, I found his um, course, The Secret to Curing Osgood Schlatter Disease, Pain Elimination And what is it? What is the disease? Uh, It's the common cause of knee pain in growing adolescence. Oh, it's growing pains. It's an inflammation of the area just below the knee where the tendon from the kneecap attaches to the shin bone. Mm. Oof. Do you remember growing pains? Do you remember waking up like with furious pain throughout your bones and your legs? Mm. Did you have that? Mm-hmm. I don't really remember them. It's top of mind because I just watched Pete Shepard's um, TED talk. <laughs> oh yeah, Going yeah. he, talks, right, he talks about he it talks a lot. a lot about that. Yeah. Growing pains, and he does a bit of a fucking dance. You see that two step? He does the two step. We said um, we're with Harry, uh, Happy Harry, the next day, and a guy, a uh, guy who was high on drugs, was in front of us going, Ugh! and then he said, "Ah, oh, he's doing Pete's two step," <laughs> <laughs> which was actually quite topical. Fuck, that's funny. Um, so we'll put that in the show notes, Durham's, yeah, yeah. just if you're a young adolescent battling Osgood Schlatter. Is it Schlatter or Schlatter's? I like Schlatter's. It, it, sounds it better. says Osgood Schlatter disease. Schlatter. Schlatter's is if you've got two, yeah. plural. Yeah. Um, Jacko, you wanted to catch up with us. We, uh, uh, we said, yeah, that'd be great. And then you got here and we said, let's do a podcast and said, and talk about it on the podcast, whatever you wanted to talk about. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? Guys, you know what I mean? Financial trouble. <laughs> <laughs> he actually said the opposite. He said he's, some stocks that he money. has are going pretty well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. I know Josh was dealing with 10, 10 mil hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's telling me some stocks he's got have done well. And then I told him about how. What sort of stocks? Just a stock. You don't have to say if you don't want to. Uh, what is the pay? Afterpay. Yeah. He invested early days of Afterpay. Yeah, I've invested in Afterpay too. <laughs> <laughs> As um, in like the joke is that you just bought stuff on Afterpay. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, haven't actually ever yeah. But then I told him about how our friend, uh, I mean, he's your friend too, Conspiracy Jimmy bought five chairs online, computer chairs, for one Bitcoin. Those Bitcoins were worth 18 grand at one point. So we paid 18 grand for five <laughs> computer chairs, bro. It's so it's so far down, like Bitcoin now. But anyway. I mean, st- they're still probably worth, what, seven, four, seven? Four, seven grand? I was going to say three and a half. They, went, I, they went low. 12,000. 12, Fuck, they're back up. He's yeah. got $12,000 chairs. I was thinking of uh, <laughs> there's no currency that would have been three and a half. Anyway, um, yeah, what have you been thinking about? What's going on? Oh, so, well, when I'm, so starting podcast. Mm-hmm. Fuck so, yeah, I'm pumped. So I've obviously been thinking about it for a while. You've had a couple of cracks at me. When am I going to start it mm-hmm. when I've been on? Um, so I've just been noting things down, trying to get my position on what it is that I want to do. So I said to you and mm. at some stage, I want to sit down with you guys and just sort of do a bit of brainstorming, get a bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. Feedback's you know, a good thing for moving through, developing something. Mm. Um, and then we're here. And right. Welcome. Yeah. Time for feedback. All right. So first of no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I've heard your podcast, the first episode. Have you not released it? No, no, no. I'm not going to do that yet. I'm just going to bank a few, mm-hmm. work yeah. out if, if it's something I want to keep doing before. Yeah. I, I mean, this is um, – how were you with feedback when – so Mikey was an industrial designer. You were at uni. Yeah. You designed – a bit like 3D Dill, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You did the same course, industrial design. You didn't mm. do a thesis. No. You were a dropout. <laughs> I actually was, and then I went back. This is very. This is a bit of a side thing, but then I went back, and so I dropped out after two and a half years, and then I 
was working. And so I went back and I was like, okay, I've just got to convince lecturers to give me some credits for some subjects. This is probably one of the best things I've ever done. I went back. Fuck, he's con- always got to work out. <laughs> went back, got, got, spoke to a couple of lecturers. I ended up getting given three subjects out of four. And then they're like, you just got to do one and we'll give you a degree. What did you do? Wait, so how many years had you done? Two? I'd done two and a half. Two but and then half, he went oh, into okay. a job that was specific yeah. to industrial oh, that's great. design. Yeah, so so they're just, what is it called? Um, industry something. Yeah. Industry credit. Yeah. Like Barefoot, barefoot yeah. Investor's done his counsel, uh, financial counselling mm. course to help people, you know, counsel people. But he got a whole bunch of it because he's Credited. had so much experience yeah. in the field and mm. then he just, you got to get the back end credits. Mm. And so you, you had one subject or something. No, I had four subjects. What, four subjects, but, but then no, you only but, had to do. They oh, gave you credit for three. Which yeah, one did me. you do? Oh fuck, I can't remember. I was pretty disengaged at that point. Our <laughs> mate Matt Evella had to do like uh, he fucked all of his credits with his college stuff. Ended up doing like a fitness, like uh, just lift, like weightlifting module or something yeah. to get the points, which was outrageous because he's like a filmmaker. Mm. It was like a- <laughs> actually because I was still working, I actually paid some people to do. Some of the stuff for me. I mean, Perfect. do you think Fiverr, like, uh, sorry, not Fiverr, Fiverr, like Upwork and shit? Well, Fiverr's not good enough for you. Definitely too low, yeah. low price point, shitty, shitty, uh, shitty people, shitty <laughs> designers. Like, if, like paying people online. Mm. Like you, you, I think it's uh, got a bad rap, Fiverr, based on the name. Mm. I mean, mm. if you go to tommyjacket.com, the logo is from Fiverr. Mm. It's it? pretty basic. But it's not, like, because it started out as being, the concept being give us a Fiverr. Fiver yeah. Give us a five. It makes and then sense. they started off saying, okay, yeah, five dollars for this. And then it's like, oh, you want it quickly? That's an extra fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you got all the lettuce, it's an yeah. extra twenty. Um did you tell Jules Lund about Fiverr or did Fi- Jules yeah. Lund tell you no, about Fiverr? Yeah, I told him about it. Julesy was a big fan of Fiverr. Yeah, from this guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I tweeted no, I tweeted him. This is before I started at Fifi and Jules. And I think I'd just gone for like just uh, put in uh I didn't put no, I must say yeah, before the inter- I knew I was going to have an interview with them, and mm. I just said, tweet and said, hey, I think you'll love this. Mm. And then he'd already or- organised like a, a Simpsons <coughs> caricature or something of himself. Yeah, I remember him doing oh, that. Yeah. He just started like doing random stuff. Like, what else can I do? What else? <laughs> On Fiverr. Just just give him a Fiverr. Yeah, had some disposable income with yeah. his radio king. <laughs> <laughs> Could have probably afforded more than a Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, the <laughs> so feedback... Uh, so, so yeah, at uni, were you, you good with feedback? Or I mean, yeah. did, did you even get feedback at uni? No, no. Uh, I mean, you'd, you get you do grade. A, yeah, you do and you don't. I mean, feedback is an interesting thing because <clears throat> people. I was actually, re- funnily enough, reading an article just the other day about in, in the des- in a design business, feedback is often lacking, mm-hmm. but it's one of the most important parts of the design process. Um, but. But, yeah, like at uni, you're often just kind of here's your grade, you know, limited feedback. You could have done better. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's generally my feedback. Um, Is your top salmon or what colour? I don't know. What are you I, don't, I was just thinking peach salmon. To, yeah, a, salmon to peach. Yeah. yeah. Good. Clear it up. Go yeah. on. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, anyway, what, what was your question? The salmon one? <laughs> <laughs> Baby's tired. Um, so... So when it gets to the workplace, do you think not receiving feedback that much within a uni context, does that make us not very good feedback takers but also givers? Feedback's hard to give. Um, so, yeah, so I just, I, I just don't think it's, mm. it's part of culturally part of what we do, you know. Mm. And what, probably, do you think it, what do you think it's hard? Well, because, because it's hard to be critical of someone. It, often being critical of someone goes down a path of like it becoming personal, but that's what, it shouldn't be that. It should just be mm. a, um, uh, a criticism or an analysis of the work, you know, mm-hmm. reg- irrespective of who's done it. And so then something like design or anything creative is subjective. <clears throat> Design's always hard. Like designers are traditionally very touchy because mm. it's so, like you put everything – you put yourself into it. Mm-hmm. Anything creative, like you mm. guys would know, like anything yeah. creative, you put a lot of your self you know, into it. And so when someone when someone gives you feedback or criticizes it, it mm. can it can be a bit hard to take. Like I've spent years <coughs> managing designers um, 
in terms of like knowing how to give feedback and how not to give feedback. And so what, how do you give feedback then? Uh, it, 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 um, having an understanding of, of, their, of their process, of how they've gotten to that outcome mm-hmm. is really important. Um, and people who haven't gone, who haven't, don't have an, <clears throat> don't have an appreciation for design and the process that you go through to research and conceptualise and then ideate and then, you know, refine those ideas and then land on one, two or three ideas and then work those ideas. You know, and so when someone comes in and goes, oh, you know, like, have you thought about doing it this way? You're mm-hmm. like, you have just undone mm-hmm. so yeah. much, like, process. Like, I've... I, I so ru- is it a decision map type of thing or, like, a user story? Like, mm-hmm. how do you actually get to and can you deconstruct someone's process? Like from a design perspective, say if you're like building the helmet, for instance, as mm-hmm. an example, you've got uh, okay, it needs to be able, it needs to be functional in regards that it needs to protect for like impact. Yeah. Oh no, they just went for looks. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gives a shit about safety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when it's got to look good. So you have the impact thing, and then you have the it could be performance. So like. Mm-hmm. Wind going in, what's that called? Aerodynamics. Aerodynamics. Is that like how you're doing it? Um, so, I mean, that's going back a number of years, but the helmet design stuff, that, that, that's, a re- that's, a, that's a, like Johnny, who is the first person that I had on the, that I did the potty with here. Um, he, th- through working for him, I, I built up a good sort of, because he he he's always he's very creative. He's always got an opinion. He's he's um, very intuitive. So he would often, you know, I'd be sitting there literally carving this helmet out of clay, and he and and I'd spend a day on this fucking tiny little mm-hmm. detail, and he'd sort of come in and just naturally love what was going on and just want to get involved. He's mm-hmm. like the most enthusiastic person you'll meet. And so he would sit down and then he'd start having a little fucking play around with it and you'd be sitting there going, oh, okay, no, no, this is fine. And you, you can't, can't undo clay. No, it's not it's duplicating like, a sequence yeah, in yeah. Premiere Pro. Yeah. Why, why clay? It fucking sounds like the medieval times. Why, um, why not CAD or is, <clears throat> do people still use clay? So at that time, clay, like I, I, I took, I'd never done it before and then I took the approach of how do they do how do they design cars, mm-hmm. which is a very complex surface, complex surface object, um, which means there's a lot of angles going on, on. There's a lot of, you know, you've got to join this panel and this panel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so <clears throat> I was like, that's where I'm starting. I'm going to start with model making, clay, that sort of thing. Well, did, did you do the helmet to scale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so I they got They don't do cars to scale though, obviously. yeah. They do clay cars. Yeah. Cool. Really? Yeah, of course they do. How heavy is that? Look, of course they do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm fucking stupid sometimes. Can we just the quickly... Whole cl- a whole car made out of clay. Yeah. That's cool. Hollow, obviously. Just, I mean, yeah, yeah. cool fact. Cool fact. Can we just drop in one cool fact that we heard this week about the machines that bore tunnels mm-hmm. for train systems or new underground tunnels for mm-hmm. cars? Yeah. They can't get the fucker out. They spend millions of dollars on the piece of machinery. They send it down and press it, and it goes. Doesn't come out. Doesn't come no. out. So they they dump the the really expensive piece of machinery. They bore it to somewhere. They bore it down somewhere. Oh, because they can't then get it back up. No, out oh, they can't get it. it, can't it they can't, there's no reverse. So they spend millions of dollars boring a tunnel. But hang on, isn't it the idea of a tunnel that goes in and then out? Don't know. I didn't ask that much. Yeah, we didn't ask that much. <laughs> but I was more so concerned cool. about the driver. I've yeah, never yeah, driven yeah. into a tunnel and gotten to the end and gone, fucking hell, how do I get out of this big boring machine here? <laughs> maybe, maybe they lose. Maybe they lose too. Let's look into this. We could have just, we were both joshing out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. Just like, imagine the driver. Is there a driver yeah. in it? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you Jason, get Jason, if you're listening to this and can confirm what the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you find, I mean. It's one of those things you hear about someone at Chad's gym yeah. that saw somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, the wallet <laughs> thing. Um, it's an inside thing. <laughs> and so the clay and the helmet. So, you may, so, so yeah. So, where did you even buy the clay from? You just went to a crafts place? Online, I think. Yeah. Mate, we're coming back a number of years. But, yeah, online I bought it. I did a lot of research around the best thing you got. And then I got like 
I had a um, like a head form, so it, re- it replicates a standard or a medium size head, and um, I had that cut out of uh, like CNC cut out of a material that was it's almost like a plastic material, mm-hmm. and then I laid the clay up on top of that, and it would allow me to get the thicknesses right, and I could drop you know a ruler into it or I'd drop it um, whatever, get all the thicknesses right, ch- play around with the with the detail. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You then take that clay form and you go and you 3D scan it. So then that gives you your digital file. And then I took that digital file, which was just, um, or you can just imagine a file that's like as messy as mm-hmm. a clay model. And then you take, and then I took that and sat down with like a automotive um, designer, and he used AutoCAD or Alias to stitch and and design all the surfaces so mm. that it converted the file from something that was like really messy to something that was really clean and you can create a tool out of it. Mm. And so how how close was the thing that you did with the clay into the final product? Um oh I mean it, it really close. Like it was exactly what what I had in clay was what I what oh, cool. ended up on someone's head. In the Tour de France. <clears throat> it did make the Tour de France, yeah. That's a fun fact. Yeah, you know when you find facts out about your brother and you bar- brag about them, mm. that's a good one. I hope he does this. He's a little about bit the podcast. He's had one one can of stomping around. He's a bit tipsy. He's getting both getting around. Who, it. Yeah, no, you. No, <laughs> the, no. the the boring machines. So if the tunnel's big enough, they send one in from each end, and so then they meet in the middle, and then they dig off to the side, and then ditch them there. But if the tunnel's small enough, then it'll just go right through. Yeah, and it makes sense, logic, if you're going through a mountain and you can get out the other side. This yeah. is like, look, yeah. we could get out, let's ditch the So why up. are they doing it on either? Well, because for efficiency, right? If you're having two yeah. digging oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. towards that each makes other, sense. then it makes sense. Okay. It takes yeah, six yeah. months to yeah, dig halfway. Like, you do six months both yeah. sides and you've got a uh-huh. tunnel in six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Because they only go uh, like less than a metre per hour. They're slower Slide. than a snail. Slower than a snail. That's yeah, a good yeah. fact. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But faster than Mason. No, no. Um, so feedback-wise, mm. uh, how do you oh, – so I was thinking about feedback. Um, early days, mm. is it worth approaching feedback and having the understanding that it's painful and that's what you have to actually put up with? So it's like it's it's – you haven't done the work yet to work out mm. what feedback and the feeling you get from having feedback is actually sensical mm-hmm. or you shouldn't listen to. So Jules Lund used to give me a lot of feedback in my videos. I felt yuck about it, mm. but I acknowledged, I don't know, like in the time I was just like, oh, this feels great, but Jules, this feels horrible, but Jules is so great. And then, um, and then I started at the other side when my videos got better, I was like, fuck this guy. He's but you fuck. think it's, <laughs> no, it's but, respect. Like I was I respecting if you, if his, you have respect for whoever's yeah, getting feedback. But he actually gave me great mm. feedback and I was like, holy shit, when you see someone's feedback implemented, even when it feels yuck, but it makes it a better video. Mm-hmm. So it cuts out a minute of a video, two-minute video and you're like, I've got the same video and I didn't want to do the things he was telling mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. I did them and now they – and so then you're like – you're downloading his system in some ways to go, oh, I see what he's meaning by that. Mm-hmm. That's There's why. good feedback. There's people who can give feedback and then people who just shouldn't. There's trusted feedback and then there's fuckwits on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, yeah. I think, like context. Like do they understand who the audience is? Yeah. And, like, I think that you can work out uh, whether feedback is good or bad based on how much context the people have or what they're bringing to it, right? So mm. it's like, okay, say, for instance, uh, cut it, cutting it down like using that example, cutting a minute off, that is using a specific school around we need to get to things quicker. It needs to, mm. like it's a, a web video, it's that sort of style. Mm. But there's also different styles require different tool tool sets. And so sometimes you see people's blind spots where if they've been using a, a hammer their whole life and then you're creating something that needs a drill, they will probably suggest a hammer. And yeah. at that point you mm. need to consider that. Mm. Mm. The, the old hammer and drill. <laughs> the yeah. old hammer and drill. It gets, it gets you good. I mean, that's why you kind of have your your safe people around you mm. that you are seeking feedback from. Yeah. Hopefully, external feedback outside of the safe people. Mm. Mm. Just why are they giving you feedback in the first place? Yeah. Unsolicited feedback 
through YouTube. Gee, yeah, comments like the the stuff Jeez. that we've had. Some of the stuff that we've uh, had. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have no idea mm. about what we think about? And it's like be, it's 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 so far from context mm-hmm. that it's just at at that point just a dot like just random feedback, just like throwing anything yeah. because they feel like they need to. It's easier to give feedback than it is to do the work. Well, I think also it's 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 easy to say something than not to say something mm. as well. And so for mm. me, I reckon well, it's feeding their issue or their. Yeah. If they're thinking at that point, but also like you're doing like relationship management. Like if if your mate's doing something, and you know that something might not be right, I used to be like, oh no, you're fucking like you don't mm. do it that way. I've done it, but then I'm like, it's that whole thing of you you shouldn't like steal other people's problems from them. Mm. Like they need to mm. have that experience and go through that. Otherwise, they won't completely be able to connect the dots. Mm. Can you also um, when you're not doing the work and then you sort of invested in the project? There's, there's a chance it's like it's it's whatever if you think it's not as great as you like it can, whatever you put out it could be shit mm-hmm. and you think it's good or like I think there's just in, anything you do it's like take twenty percent <coughs> off it and it's still probably of a okay standard mm-hmm. so then like your internal standard about the thing you're doing mm. is actually way out of whack. Mm. Like because there is people that will ha- love it and the opposite, and so if you if you end up in the middle, it's like it's yeah. I think I, of it. I mean that's why Seth Godin is just like ship. And so why aren't you shipping? Yeah. So what's yeah, what, okay. what, so, 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 yeah, so to tie back to like the 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 podcast thing. So it's not so much feedback. What I was actually wanting to do with you guys was sort of sit down and workshop where this is coming from because I suppose the biggest challenge for me is if I go into this and I don't have a good foundation of what am I? Tr- what am I doing by mm-hmm. by hosting this environment? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is a chance that it will kind of just fizz out, and you won't really have an outcome because mine is quite tied to. So it's called None of My Business. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a play on you know it's a business podcast about mm-hmm. people, um, and I suppose what I what I've been working on just internally over the last couple of months is. What is it that I'm actually doing here? Like, what am I actually? What do I want mm-hmm. out of people? Because you know, I've I've asked a few people, you know, which I'm going to do on next week or the week after. Well, um, what he's asking is, get studio time. No, well, you've got no. the comments set up. No, I've got the comments. Oh yeah, you can ask. Mate. You can ask. I don't need you. I mean, we're pretty fucking. <laughs> we're pretty happy at the moment. No, so you got a nice light. But yeah. um, no, so so I so people you you ask a guest to come on and they ask you another question and then you're like, oh fuck. Does it get you thinking about yeah from that perspective? Yeah, I, yeah. I suppose it's like I, I need to make sure if it, if I if I know that I'm going to host a space and host a conversation, I need to make sure that it's um, that it's authentic and it's something that I find interesting. You know, like and um, you know that I've got it. Like if if the basis is like I'm interested in business in general, mm-hmm. um, what is it? How far off do you off that path do you go? Because you don't want to kind of just go in with a couple of questions, with a couple of you know strategies or questions, and then it go. All right, well, there's nothing else to really yeah. talk about. Um, well, I think there is because I mean, for now, business is so intertwined with life. What's your what are you doing outside of business that is making you a higher performer mm-hmm. in but business? But that's a its own style. So I guess like part of it's like it's the who's it for, what's it for thing. Mm. And so obviously you're you're looking at it from an interviewer perspective, which makes sense, which is like from a base level, you need to be interested in it. Mm. And then the secondary thing is like, okay, for the audience, who is actually going to listen? Yeah. Do you have a sense? Or what the audience are going to get out of it. Like, so for me personally, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like mm-hmm. I want to um, expand my my network. I want to... I, I enjoy conversations with people about what they're doing and how they do it. You're good at it. I like talking about the that connected, you know, all the things that are that are relatable to what I do and what they do, and things that aren't. Um, uh, on a on a sort of more foundational level, I'm I'm sort of looking looking sitting here mm. and going, what's the next thing in my career mm. or my life or whatever that I want to. You know, maybe maybe it's time for a pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So so, um, podcasting 
is is a platform which you know is obviously very achievable these days um and is that the right is you know is it the right platform or is it i don't know it's- yeah and i think that's like the tricky thing especially niching mm. so like i think what we've created with the daily talk show we've allowed we've created a platform where it's us as a brand talking about what we want to talk about having the people we want to have on and then almost sort of molding it in over time based mm. on who we're picking and what we're talking about. I also think that we can over-intellectualise the foundation or the structure of a creative project. Mm. Mm. So another, like none of my business could be, you know, five personal questions maybe relating to, like you can just look at the structure of how you lay out an episode. You can have somebody on, an old friend, Andrew Melody, mm. that you grew up with who's, an old best, you know, he's your best mate. He's a business person. He's in, you know, non-for-profit sector. Like there's so many varying things that you can have conversations about. Yeah. And so that's where I I think you can. Well, that serves Mikey, I guess, which makes sense. But I think the question that you're trying to work out maybe is it's like, what is the promise that you're making to the audience? Mm. But does it have to be found in the first episode, the second episode? True. Like it, it can it not be. This is a evolution 50 episodes in. That's I'm actually I'm giving it 50 episodes mm. and I'm going to test and learn, carve away the, you know, the helmet. Like you're learning as you're going. And so you take that a creative process mm. and so your chips aren't all in on the first yeah. round mm. because then it's like a higher chance of it not stacking up how you thought it was based on having all those chips on it being a certain way. I feel like being able to define it in some sense of what, what where it sits for me but also mm-hmm. where it sits for potentially the listener also helps the guest. Yeah. Because, you know, like I've asked three people and only one has responded. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, like that's not a big mm. deal but that was an interesting exercise to go through to go there is a level of resistance there because, one, you don't have a track record. They can't look at what you're about and what mm-hmm. you're going to ask. Like, and pe- people, you know, like they're naturally like, oh, fuck, what am I – what do you want? Mm, yeah. What do you want to know from me? What are you doing? What are you? And so I think, like, if we look at us as an example, I think that we've created this promise around we're showing up every day, which I think is part of it. But I don't. I think that we've used everything else around the format as our promise, mm. rather than than the content. But if we think about anything that we listen, that we watch, mm. that we enjoy, they all have those promises. It's not like if you're watching an episode of your favorite TV show, it doesn't like one day mm. be a comedy or and the next be a drama. Mm. It's sort of like it has these commonalities so that people know what they're getting every time. So understand the the through line or the yeah tagline. Yeah, I think it's 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 the it's the it, it definitely is the through line. But I think thinking about it from a promise perspective. When someone listens, so there, there can be a bunch of things that can change. So, for instance, you look at like Casey Neistat, you know, like the YouTuber. Mm. Think about like what his promise was. So his promise was a daily vlog in New York City. Mm. And then his audience definitely changed when he started to change those promises and say, okay, I'm going to do this type of video now or or that one. And so I think early on, I don't think we did it in a massive way. But I think that for the most part, that's what people need is that specific thing where it's like for just a specific format that can be repeatable mm. over a bunch of And I know uh, what you know, like what you're yeah. saying, TJ, is you find that. Like mm. you find your format. Yeah, because yeah, you're saying who, who is that for though? For the audience or for yourself? Josh. So, uh, so I think that it's, it's about the uh, audience, but I also think that it's – a, a part of reconciling as well, right? So I think that even though we didn't come to the show with some things sorted, I think that we had like a very sort of clear vision on these other elements. And so I think that potentially for us, it was very much around audience first, around like how we're building that community and audience. And like, because we didn't even have guests for the first 50, it wasn't even mm. like a consideration around that mm. networking stuff. Mm. And so I think that as podcasting is getting uh, bigger and more people are doing it, it's definitely seen as an opportunity of like, as you said, growing the network, self-development, all of these things. Mm. And by 
being able to then dial it in from that audience promise perspective, I think it then will, I think like looking at it as a season probably makes sense. Even though we didn't do seasons, I think saying, okay, I'm going to do a 12 episode season <coughs> and I'm and the, the promise stays the same for those 12 episodes. Yeah. You go very specific and clear in that. And that's where the iteration comes in because after the season two, you might say, I'm, moving a little bit over this way or yeah, that way. and I landed on that recently. I'm like season one, to call it mm -hmm. that, is experimentation mm -hmm. and allowing and sort of leaning into that, mm -hmm. you know, and sort of saying this is an experiment Yeah, and there is no there is no outcome other than where it ends up, you know, after X amount of episodes or X amount of interviews or whatever it might be. Could it also dictate the content in a way? Like I wonder if... Say if you were playing in that experimentation, if you were to be meta about it, actually saying like uh, what's one thing that you're at the fir your first version of right now like yeah. from a business perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah Like if you play into that like yeah. the iteration of things, yeah, then, it then it becomes very clear as mm. well because then it's like, oh, not only am I experimenting, I'm making it part of the format. Mm. And so every time you experiment, every time you do make a little adjustment, you're actually making a better show. Yeah. 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 And so the um when it comes to communicating the like doing the the sentence or two, what's the sentence at the moment? How do you describe it to people? Yeah, well that's well, I that's kind of where I'm sitting. I, mm -hmm. I I've got a whole lot of stuff that I just keep kind of dumping out of my head. Mm -hmm. Um but I haven't really landed on it. And I suppose, you know, and to do that properly, we probably need yeah. to have a whole lot of stuff that I've written down in front of us. But um, I think your network's strong enough to get people in without having to have that sorted. I but the, yeah. the thing is the experiment thing. Like I love that idea of the experiment is part of the theme of the show for the mm -hmm. season. Yeah. And so and then I, I landed on that because I kept putting, I kept having these little barriers like what's the intro to the show? Mm -hmm. You know, because you listen to a lot of podcasts and you're like, this is none of my business. It's a podcast about blah, blah, blah. And I just, and I couldn't get, I, I was like, I just, what is it? Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to eliminate that, the need for that intro mm. and just start talking to people. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then yeah. I'll work out the intro later yeah, once and I'll come back and edit that in yeah, definitely. when I need to. And so that's where the experiment thing came to. I was like, what am I actually doing here? I'm like, well, I'm just genuinely experimenting mm -hmm. with something for me that could be something for other people which could be something for the people that I get to sit around a, a table and chat to. Um, and so then I was like, well, that's got to drive. Like if that's the genuine, authentic experience that I'm having, that's what's got to drive mm -hmm. and lead the the questions and lead the people that I ask to come on. And um, yeah, so. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think like the, uh, I find point of difference like an interesting thing, mm -hmm. like especially in this sort of, market that's open mm. and anyone can do it uh it seems like that's going to become more and more of a yeah. thing before you start yeah like i th to well, have to have a yeah, point of I difference think, yeah and this is i guess the hard thing because it goes against some of the stuff that what we're talking about and it's also yeah. like you just need there is that thing of needing to ship but if, i guess every year there's x amount new podcasts which means there's x amount people being asked to be on podcasts <laughs> so people then become more Skeptical, like yeah. that's why early days blown away by the people who said yes at the time that we were at the part of our journey where we were at, mm -hmm. and I can't hold it as they just liked us. That's why they did it. It's like there's also the reality of they have probably haven't been asked a lot. Mm -hmm. We've been we've had a bunch of first first timers on this show. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe it's something around actually even saying. Like I think part of it, there's a risk in saying the experimentation thing, not committing to anything from a communication perspective. And maybe that's the bit that I'm thinking about, which is like how do you just commit and say I am do like this is a show that's doing this mm. and then keep in mind that not that many people are going to listen to the first episode and if the second episode that then changes mm -hmm. to something a little bit different, I think that um, – like uh, ultimately I know it doesn't actually, yeah. like no one's going to listen. Like mm. that's the point yeah. and I know that uh -huh. for, for a significant amount of time. I think what I'm struggling with is if I don't, if it's not solid in my mind of where I'm coming from, 
there is just a chance, like I said before, that it's just will fizzle out and I'll just kind of get to this point where I'm like, what am I actually doing? What am I mm-hmm. doing here? Like, so I think it's trying to Mid-convo. take- Mid-convo. Yeah, you just put turn the record button off. Yeah, yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my headphones on. They copy you, just like yeah. So what do you like? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, how do you? Because I understand that with different parts of my life, this one's I've been lucky with the podcast that I've been able to work through that barrier. But for mm-hmm. the ninety nine percent of other things, so I'm an not example that. of that is like I know I work at my best when I'm genuinely excited about something, mm-hmm. and then if I'm excited about something, it do, like everything else, like doesn't matter about everything else because I, I just I'm just curious and I want to just like keep asking questions. I mm. want to know more and I want to get more knowledge. So if I come at it from that point, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be, there'll be things, I'll just keep talking or I'll just, whatever it is. Um, I think I just need to, I, in my mind, and again, like I, I flip between going, this doesn't matter and it does mm-hmm. matter, but is just going, where am I coming from? And what is it that I'm, what is it, what is it that I want out of, this experience or this mm-hmm. experiment, but look, I'm I'm getting closer mm. to that. I think it's um, if you could just, what would it look like if you just took action on a season, yeah, minimum viable, and you reassess so that you so you. Well, you've already done it. How yeah, many and that's episodes what I, have you got? No, really cool. <laughs> you got one, um, but you're doing two in the next. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, 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 I'm just going to keep going. Like it was it, a good one. Like you should put it out because it was good. Yeah, but yeah. yeah so what's the so the risk in putting it out now is that there is no risk. Uh, the risk in putting it out now is there will just be a long time between then that one and the next one, and but um, potentially, but potentially not. Um, but yeah, there's no reason why I'm not putting it out. I, I, I listened to back, back to most of it, and I was like, yeah, that, that was that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it actually identified is that I can go down a number of paths, and I just had a few questions that I kind of you know, had on my phone and I asked Johnny about and, you know, it was fine. But it probably highlighted what am I actually doing? Like mm-hmm. what is it? Because I've gone, I deviated from, I came up with it like the concept of none of my business. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy conversation about business and with people that what they're doing and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Then I sort of deviated and I said, well, it can be more than that, like you were saying before. Like it can be business and life are very integrated so it can go on a whole different tangent. But then that kind of created too much. It became too vague, and so mm-hmm. then I came back and I said, "All right, no, it does need to be the foundation. Does need to be about um, work and and work life and business, and you know, just and that'll probably underpin most of the guests that I mm-hmm. ask on." And then finish with the fast five yeah, on right. their personal life. None of my business. What's your best investment personally? Or start with after the fast pay. Five. You know, like <laughs> the, I think, yeah, I mean. I think you know the answers though. Like I think yeah. and so no, just, the why well, thing is hard though. I think that it is difficult, especially in twenty twenty when there is you can see so many people doing different things mm, mm. and then you just sort of assume a narrative based on what everyone else is doing. Mm. Which I think is is hard. The why of why we're doing it or what Yeah, it's like okay, so like if you take the networking thing, like there's a heap of ways that you can network. Yeah. Like you go to a meetup once a mm. week or like there's – and so I think that that's the, um, the challenge as well for most people is it's like, okay, I could actually do this a million ways mm. and every single way would work and it is very hard to be looking at something day one and saying I want to try and get the first thing to be right. Mm. And I think that maybe part of it is the fear of not – continuing to do it mm. is almost like a barrier because it's that fear of failure really because it's and so if we can bypass that if we can work out i oh, look the reverse psychology of like oh maybe it won't like yeah maybe this isn't forever maybe mm. this is only for four episodes mm. but i need to actually like do it yeah i need to try it to, to mm. yeah. yeah well and the 10 year thing for us is only really cemented itself a yeah. year and a bit in because mm-hmm. you then you work out, oh, fuck, we can do yeah. that. And, we, and the first it is hundred episodes, your first hundred episodes were like, oh, I might get to a hundred and be done. Mm-hmm. And so there was a little bit like definitely that happens over time and you build momentum. But then you don't know what could come out. Like if you've got the podcast as the start, then it could 
you could say, okay, I'm going to transcribe this and turn it into like a, a blog or do something yeah. else or uh, you know what, as a basic thing, it's going to be a LinkedIn post once a week. Yeah. But um, yeah, the why stuff is hard because um, it's hard to work out before you've started something. Well, as I said, as we've said, you know, I, I know personally that it's, there's a drive that I have for having meaningful conversations with people mm-hmm. and I think the podcast gives you that unique um, platform to be able to do that. You, but Are you having it enough outside of podcasting? Like so maybe there – I wonder if there is something in take the podcast off the table mm. for even a week and say who am I speaking with now yeah. that's doing exactly um, – who can I speak to now that would be doing exactly what I sort yeah. of the experience I want to be having, but I'm just not recording it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing that. Too. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. He got you there, Josh. No, it's good. No, no, like, no, <laughs> no I love it. I'm trying, well, I'm the, trying to spitball because yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, like maybe you don't need it. It doesn't need to be a fucking podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe. I think you're, fu- I think you're further enough along thinking that, that you want to even do one. So you may as well. Mm. Yeah, I've got to try it. Like I think I think it creates a, a unique environment. So for whatever reason, the podcasting environment makes people kind of, you know, be a bit more honest or, mm-hmm. or maybe talk about things that they wouldn't necessarily talk about and not that you're trying to probe, but it does set up a interesting environment. Once yeah, you get someone in the door mm-hmm. and you get them to sort of make that commitment, um, people that have got a lot of experience talking on, you know, the top, like, because you, you guys have a lot of people on that have got something to sell mm-hmm. or something to talk about. Yeah. Um, so they're generally used to it. So I, I'm kind of interested to talk to people that don't necessarily have that, like that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily, they don't think they're selling anything, but yeah. they actually have really good, insightful things that they do um, that everyone does, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily celebrated like someone who's just written a book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I love it. Okay. When, when can I listen? <laughs> Sam, yeah, I mean the hard, the hard. Yeah. What What do you think? Ninety seven. Like, I feel like you've got you've had so much growth in the past. Well, he sits in the corner listening to every yeah. episode. Year and a half. It's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. What are you like? What are you observing? What do you think? Yeah. I. I mean, I. I think the the whole thing around reframing it to be an experiment and the whole sort of first season being an experiment and seeing what happens is probably what I resonate the most with. It's what, I mean, I would probably do, but yeah, I mean. You struggle to commit though, so. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like, mate, yeah, just just jumping in and seeing what it's like and if you enjoy it and potentially finding that reason or that structure or what you want it to be as you go. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if what what other way you we can't hypothesize. Like it, yeah. it seems like dumb. Like even thinking about it until you're fucking doing it right. It's yeah. like yeah. it's like you've got a mate who's saying, "I'm thinking about the gym. Like maybe I should. I totally. don't know." But it's like if you <laughs> yeah. if you just like commit to twelve days of the gym. No, some yeah, we've funny. got a mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we've, we've all got one. If you've, but if you actually just like. Yeah, the easiest way to know is to actually go. That's going to be the whole fucking experience. You right? know, something that's come up. I've put because I've told a few people about that I'm doing mm-hmm. just because I want to kind of put myself in that experience of having to say what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, two things: when you're telling someone that you're doing, it, they go, "Oh, what is it about?" And that's probably what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. So it's that concise. Um, Mate, f- f- I feel you. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. Yeah, four hundred. So like, but if you don't talk about, get, so we didn't talk about ours for the first twenty. Uh, yeah. 20 apps. Yeah. yeah. And so I think there's so much power in that, which is totally. like, okay, I'm just going to fucking like, I'm not asking anyone. Like, you, yeah, actually, but you also didn't have up. to ask anyone. Yeah. So then the you other don't thing. need feedback. The other thing, the other thing is <laughs> yeah. that you ask someone to come on and the first thing they say is, what, what, do I, what yeah. Yeah, what's but it about? That's what I said. Your network, we've had all your mates on. You just haven't just so bothered to get them so on your fucking so, podcast. But, but I get that. It's the cell. So yeah. the cell is, I'm doing experiment. Totally. And yeah. that's literally yeah. all it is. And then they get like, if you if you bullshit like there can be they can only yeah. be disappointed and you're not necessarily yeah. you don't know what the fucking answer I'm is. I'm doing an experiment. You're my mate. Trust me. We're just yeah. gonna have a great conversation. Yeah. And yeah. if not, uh, we it would be good to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think too, to to your point around like if you've got a network, 
thinking about how where people are judging the decision of the yes or the no. Mm. So, for instance, if um, uh, if you're coming from a perspective of, hey, will you be on the podcast? I'm a podcaster. This is what I'm doing. This is a podca- podcast. Podcast. If you like change that to being like, I'm doing like pers- This is a personal growth exercise. Um, yeah, would good. you would you um, help with this? I'm experimenting. I'm starting with a podcast yeah. and I'm recording these episodes. Then the question isn't fucking what's your podcast about? Mm-hmm. It's either like, yeah, we want to help Mikey and yeah, we'll give it a go, go and we can do that or yeah. we won't. Yeah. So I think there's something in that framing too and I think mm. that everyone does that, which is like it's the same with um, when it comes to a fi- uh, from a money perspective when you're like having someone say do work for you. They did this whole ex- – Dan Ariely uh, – like a social psychologist talks about how um, they did a study where they paid people a low amount and then they got people to do it for free. Mm. And the people who were doing work for free worked significantly harder than those that were getting a paid amount, a small amount. And the reason was was because when you're getting paid a small amount, uh, you're thinking you're referencing what you should be getting paid. Mm. And so you're using that method. And when you're doing it for free – it's actually a favor and yeah, favors, you're giving. Yeah. yeah. And so then, when you are doing it as a, for social good or if it's like a favor, you're going to put in all the effort. And I think so. There's probably something mm. in not trying to fucking pitch it like a podcast mm. and that you're yeah, a professional it's all about framing. Yeah. All mental stuff's about yeah, framing. Yeah. Just reframing it until you get to a point where you're comfortable. Yeah. It's like the experimentation thing. Like that took me a while to get to a point mm. where I'm like, fuck, mm. hang on a second. If I just re- frame this in my head as an experiment, <laughs> yeah. who fucking cares? Exactly. Yeah. Like putting two coloured dyes <laughs> in a test tube and seeing what colour it makes. Oh, exactly. But it's probably drawing the line in the sand of no more thinking. Yeah. Like I think you've done, you've thought a lot. Mm. You've tested it. You've come on the show, on this show. And, you know, like I think it's all worth worth it on the journey of talking to other people. Mm. You yeah. can, if you it can brings also, you closer, like if that's the little glimp of hope, it's like me with my fucking habits. I've got the streaks app. It's like I'm not hitting every habit each night, but I'm like, Fuck, if I can actually, I go through moments of like, oh, I haven't done them all. Like I'll fucking, do I really need to even add this one to it? But I'm like, nah, if the ones that I fucking do, the habits that I'm finishing, I'm like selecting that I've done it. Mm. And it just like keeps that, like, mm. seems like it keeps that little to, bit of hope. Um, tall Gronk the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. using Streaks. Is he? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Have you seen the Streaks app? This no. is it. So uh-huh. it's got like all the things that you do in a day. I just signed up to Qantas Wellbeing, so I get Qantas points for every step that I take. Get you stuff. Fucking kidding me, mate? Fucking get on it, mate. Can't we just get a little thing in the office that's look Wellbeing? Just shaking it up into shape. <laughs> just can't we? Qantas can't Wellbeing. Can't we gain the fuck out of this thing? So what? You've walked your way to a first class ticket to London. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a lot, lot of work. Lot of work. Tall Gronk saying. Um, I fucking lost my train of thought. Well. We were talking about, I was talking about the um, doing Streets. stuff. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. So I was talking to him about just a, another framing thing of what, why I'm doing it. But oh, He's getting free coaching, isn't he? It's This is all a front. <laughs> I'm just getting Pete into yeah, my yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, a good man to have in yeah. your corner. And I was saying to him how... So like it, this is even like you can connect better. Like one of my one of my objectives is to be able to connect better with like good mates, like mm-hmm. mates that I see all the time. Yeah. And I was saying how I was at a like a thing on the weekend, and I came away and I'm like, fuck, that was a lot of just small talk bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, I'm no, I've known these guys in a cubicle, for, crazy. <laughs> I've, known, I've known these guys for 25 years. Yeah. And yet you still come away from some of those things, not all of it, but you come away from some of those things and you're like, fucking, were you really talking about Mm. the weather? Yeah. Like I know it's a bit freaky at the moment. (laughs) Is it the the reframing thing? Like like one thing that I, that's why I love walks. I feel like when you go on a walk with someone. Absolutely. You can't do fucking like small talk. Yeah. So, so, and that's the point, that's my point. It's, it's also about, um, giving that's and that's another mm. thing about a podcast is you create an environment where mm-hmm. you're like and maybe we, you know you don't call it a podcast or whatever but we're, you're creating an environment where you're like we're, we're not going to talk bullshit yeah, like, yeah. We, let's actually dive into something that's a bit mm. meaty that's uh-huh. a bit interesting uh, do you think that your what are you you know uh, tall gronk talks about the um that quote i always how are up. you how are you implicit, implicit in the circumstance or situation like how yeah, like yeah. so if you're 
are you fucking saying, yeah, the weather is fucking shit, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then a bit, then you drop into the mindset. Uh-huh. Like you drop into that. What's like, that what yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, oh, oh fuck, we're all here. So, yeah, yeah. fucking weather's shit. Um, <laughs> the outside pointing. Wow, yeah. look at that. Yeah. And so is there something. Cool changes coming soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's the kids? Good. Yeah, real good. No, good, thanks. Good, um, thanks. How are you? And so, yeah, I mean, there's something in that. But maybe I think the podcast, I think that definitely through mm. this format for us socially i think that we probably enter into things quicker yeah and i think for some for some of it it's because people expect that as well mm. it's almost like you become like when people are hearing it all the time or you sort of like you just naturally do it more i went on a real rabbit hole from the um Bang, Bungo Stanny episode. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? He's great. What a weapon. And so I read his book and then that put me, then through his reading his book, he put me onto another one, which is called A More Beautiful Question. Have you heard? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. So I'm reading that at the moment. But anyway, it's just about this concept of questioning and, you know, we lose the, we we almost lose the skill of questioning from the time, from from four years old, mm. you know, because four-year-olds and you're, you're about to cop it even more than you are now. Mm. But they just start like asking about everything, and there's about twenty questions within a space of thirty seconds. And have you been asked what is dark? What is dark? Yeah, no. what is dark? What is the sky? Where are the where do the stars come? from? Solid like, questions like yeah, what, what is, is dark? dark? How do you explain that to a kid that doesn't understand? Well, Seb's light had an answer. And what do you think protons? Photons? Fucking yeah, the, the lack of the lack of photons. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain that to a three year old, mate. <laughs> Yeah, then what a photon. Explain it to Tommy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Explain it to the three-year-old's dad, mate. Uh, but yeah, until they go to school and they're asking about Yeah, but their, so you're, you're, you're at the, I remember you telling me this, you're at the height of your question asking at four and then as you go old, grow older, just, age goes up, mm-hmm. it deteriorates yeah. your question Yeah, asking. because you start going to school, school's all about knowing the answer so you're, so, and then memorisation of answers so you stop asking questions, you stop becoming inquisitive. So your peak questioning is when you're four years old, mm. and then it goes like that. Mm. I mean, we've had a we would have had a massive spike in question asking yeah. over the last two years, and then people are uncomfortable. Like, yeah, like a, I reckon in the last week we've had three people who have said, "Man, you were just like you asked a lot of questions after the episode." Yeah, after the episode, yeah. like it, it's a bit <laughs> confronting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there is a because the other thing too is I think that we try and. Because because it's not socially acceptable, it seems rude to just be asking questions. Mm-hmm. Most most people sort of lather it up in all this other shit before they get to it. Yeah. Whereas I think that maybe sometimes when we're t- especially when I'm tired, There's I'll no just bullshit. like yeah, There's I'll just, just like keep asking, just doing the questions. Yeah, which comes from a place of curiosity, which yeah. is a good thing, you know. And the, and and in, that's where the kind of context of this book is. It's mm-hmm. like. If we want to be better in business and we want to be better in designing and creating outcomes, and you know, we've got to be better questioners. Mm-hmm. Like, and and the big, the you know, the Googles and the Microsofts and the and Amazons, you know, it's part of their culture now mm. to be good questioners um, and continuing to ask questions at every level. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is perfect uh, segue to my my uh, book club. Book. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's the Daily Talk Show book club, but mm. I'm sort of running the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I tried to um, – I clicked your link. Mm-hmm. But I, but the annoying thing with Kindle is you can be signed up to Amazon.com or Amazon.com. Mm. Yeah, I've got that with Audible. But we've got an update on that too oh, good. because um, we're talking – so the book is called You're Not Listening. Is that right, Sebs? <laughs> it's your book. You're the treasurer. <laughs> can you have a look at the details? It is, yeah. No, it's You're Not Listening. Okay, so you're just pushing back. For yeah, this. yeah, I was. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Kate Murphy. Um, Kate, Kate Murphy, Murphy yeah, you know, is the yeah. author. <laughs> he pushed back and then he straight away tells me the author. <laughs> he knows he fucked up. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing that book, which I think is perfect because it's all about this. It's all mm-hmm. about like mm. how we listen and all that sort of stuff. But what I was going to say is um, George, our editor, uh, his mum uh, runs the uh, the main bookshop in Byron Bay, mm-hmm. and we're going to do some form of partnership where the Gronks can get a discount at the um, bookshop. Book yeah, mm-hmm. do you have to fly there or? Uh, no, uh, they deliver as well. Oh, and, nice. that's and um, she would also provide us with the book oh. at a discount or potentially. No, we can pay full price. <laughs> well, she actually <laughs> said good for, to us. She said free. 
But I think that we could we could work oh, something. If you give me yeah, a business, yeah, yeah. ask Harry for the company card back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's still, Harry's still got it. <laughs> um, but no, no, so that that'll be fun. But wait, Feb one, we're starting that. I feel like you should get around. That I want. Book. I actually intended to. That's why I went to buy. Yeah, great. Well, don't buy like six days. No, no, I don't. I've got four days. <laughs> well, we had a, we had forty three click throughs or something. How many people bought it, Sebs? Uh, three, I think. We, we made two dollars eighty seven. So hey. it's just like I can't be fucked pushing Amazon that hard that's for two dollars eighty seven. Coffee shop before you put the milk in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. All right, uh, Mikey, thank you yeah, for I coming hope, on. Yeah, I hope that. Um, yeah, I think that any. I think the these conversations. A good, even if it's a, not a podcast you're wanting to start, but mm. it's anything that you're wanting to start. Mm. It's a creative project that has all the barriers of it's only you stopping you from doing the thing. Well, that's, yeah. So I've been getting up at 5 a.m. for the last couple of weeks doing my yoga and journaling and reading. That's the format I'm trying to follow. And you something- thought, fuck We've gotten to the podcast. I haven't mentioned that. I've been waking up at 5 a.m. What's, <laughs> what's, what's the, the point, point if you don't mention it? <laughs> Go but one of the things that have been coming up is just that barrier that we put up in front of ourselves yeah. and just and the whole reframing thing and just, mm. you know, like all it takes is just going, what's the excuse that like you wake up and you're like, You've got 10 excuses as to why you shouldn't get out of bed before. Have we got Goggins on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, the, the main excuse I reckon is like, oh, you know what, like, if I get up, but if I get up at five, it's not even that. It's like if I get up at five, I'm going to be fucking tired at two. Yeah. And at 2 p.m. I actually need to be at work working. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I've got coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true, true. Are you drinking more? Yeah. Coffee? Yeah, okay. Um, All right. Anyway, thanks for thanks coming on, Booker. It's the Daily thanks Talk boys. Show. Uh, hi at thedailytalkshow.com. Uh, if you do want to join the book club, you just have to go to our Facebook group. Some people who don't have Facebook have been asking me about it. Right. I haven't worked. I just... The main thing is you just got to get the book and then be get ready it. for send them, one. Send them um, to the link to do you know what, George's mum's book George's store. George's mum's bookstore called, please? Byron Bay's bookstore. Uh, the Book Room Collective. The Book Room Collective. Mm-hmm. And so In um, the show notes. If you go there uh, in, the, in person in the next oh. few days and say the daily talk show s- sent you, um, they'll probably do something. <laughs> 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 There's a coffee store at the front. Yeah. You can buy one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. See you tomorrow, guys. See you guys. See you guys.